Our topic today is uh, running from God. You know, may mga tao na nagtatampo sa Diyos, nagtatanong sa Diyos, pero ngayong hapon, ang pag-aaralan natin ay yung mga tao na tumatakbo palayo sa Diyos. And our text is from uh, the book of Jonah. We will study the first uh, two chapters. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, we can read, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. Cry against it, for their wickedness has come before me. So sa atin, mahirap intindihin kasi hindi natin alam ano ba yung Nineveh. No? Si Jonah ay nag-minister sometime 800 to 750 BC. Ang Israel noon, hirap na hirap kasi palagi silang natatalo ng Syria, yung sa northern part ng Israel. Tapos si Jonah, dumating siya at sinabi niya sa mga Israelites na tatapusin ng Panginoon ang inyong paghihirap. At nangyari to when Assyria a place farther north attacked Syria and defeated it. And then after that defeat of Syria, a new king for Israel emerged. Pangalan niya si King Jeroboam. So yung prophecy ni Jonah that northern Israel will expand, will prosper, happened. So we know Jonah. What about Nineveh? What is Nineveh? If you look at your map, the, in the violet portion, that's the part of the Assyrian Empire under Tiglat-Pileser in 745 BC. So medyo maliit lang siya. Pero kuha niya yung Haran, Nineveh, at saka Ashur. Pero later on, under Sargon the second in 714, yung kulay violet, nag-extend to the Hittite area, Aram, and Babylon. So, naging very powerful ang Assyrian Empire. At doon sa kulay brown, uh, si Sennacherib, noong 701 BC, ginawa niyang kapital niya ang Nineveh. Tapos, noong 722 BC, ito yung uh, empire na magde-destroy ng Northern Kingdom. So si Jonah, bagaman wala na siya nung ma-destroy yung Northern Kingdom ng Assyria, but being a prophet, maaaring nakita niya yung future that these Ninevites will destroy the Israelites. Bakit wicked ang nation na ito When Sylvia and I went to uh, the British Museum, nakita namin yung mga relics ng Assyrian Empire. At yung iba doon, makikita yung picture na to. Hindi yan si Spider-Man na lumilipan. <laughs> What do you think were the Assyrians doing with their uh, captive soldiers? Binabalatan sila ng buhay. Ano? 
So they were removing the skin. Tapos they used the skin to plaster the wall of uh, Assyria. What about that picture? So with the pole, tinataas nila yung mga soldiers na tatalo nila. Hindi crucifixion, pero parang crucifixion na rin. So they were impaling the soldiers. And then ito, ginagaya ito ng mga ISIS. So when they conquered nations, they behead them. Tinatanggal ng ulo publicly. And then in another uh, remains, makikita natin may hawak sila. Ano ba yung hawak nila na yun? These are the skulls. Numakaaway nila. They remove the brain. Tapos sometimes they use the skull to drink wine or to drink uh, their alcohol. So the Assyrians were known to be cruel. You don't want to fight them because once they defeat you, they will uh, abuse you. So makikita natin yung puzzle sa istorya na ito. Sabi ni God kay Jonah, Go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. But look at the response of the prophet. But, no? But, Jonah rose up to flee to Tarsis. He did not want to go to Nineveh. Pupunta siya, magpapakalayo-layo siya. At hindi lang siya magpapakalayo-layo. Look at the next statement. Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. He did not want that statement in Jonah chapter 1 verse 2. Why? Well, because our translators mistranslated verse 2. <laughs> It says, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. So the preposition against, sa Tagalog, laban sa mga. But Jonah understood the preposition as concerning it. So Jonas understood the mission as more positive. He will go to Nineveh, the wicked people, to warn them about their future, that they will be destroyed if they will not repent. And Jonah did not like that. Jonah wanted them to be destroyed. Are there people in your life that are like Assyrians to you? You want them to be destroyed. You don't like them. But God is telling you to go to them and bring them message of concern. So Jonah ran away. So he found a ship which was going to Tarshish and then he took that ship. So what happened? You know, when you are running away from God, can you really run away from God? What do you think? Sabi niya, no. No. Look at the psalmist in Psalm 139. Well, you can run away from your wife. You can run away from your parents. But you can never run away from God. <laughs> Look at verse 7. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away 
from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, your strength will support me. Let me paraphrase uh, verse 8. If I go to the north, you are there. If I go to the south, the grave, you are there. If I go to the east, where the sun rises, even there your hand will guide me. If I go to the farthest ocean, the west, you will still be there to support me. So the psalmist is saying, wherever Jonah went, he cannot run away from God. Verse 11, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even then, the darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, night shines as bright as day. And darkness and light are the same. So sa atin, paggabi, gabi. Pag-araw, eh maliwanag. Pero sa Diyos, walang diprensya. Liwanag o gabi, pareho lang sa Diyos. Nakikita niya. So hindi tayo pwedeng magtago sa Kanya. So what are the consequences if we are running away from God? Wala, pastor. Basta hindi lang ako attend ng Bible study. Hindi lang ako pupunta sa church. O dinaiwan ko na si God. <laughs> Let's look at Jonah's story. So si Jonah, taga Galilee. So by going to Joppa, he is going down. From north, he's going to the south. So he went down. Tapos nakita niya yung ship sa Joppa. So anong ginawa niya? Nagbayad siya. So, ganyan eh. Pagka tumatakas ka kay Lord, magastos din eh. No? <laughs> so, he paid the fare. Tapos, when you go to the ship, you can either go sa itaas, sa gitna, o sa ilalim. Saan siya pumunta? Sa ilalim. Tapos, hindi lang siya sa ilalim pumunta, sa verse 5, nagpakalalim-lalim siya. Tapos, humiga siya doon, saka natutulog siya. Parang wala siyang pakialam sa buhay. You know, when we are running away from God, slowly, slowly, we will be going down and down and down. At nakikita natin later in the story, Jonah was not only in the pit of the ship, later on he was thrown into the sea, and then he was thrown farther into the depth of the stomach of the fish. And then, sabi niya sa verse 3 ng chapter 2, you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. So, ang taong lumalayo sa Diyos, tumatakbo sa Diyos, palubog ng palubog ng palubog ng palubog. Yan ang nakikita natin sa buhay ni Jonah. Pero pangalawa, hindi ka lang palubog ng palubog, nagsasama ka rin ng iba. When you're going down, you are bringing others with you. Look at verse 4. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, that the ship was about to break up. And then the veteran sailors were terrified because maybe they were saying, how come there's a storm in the sea? When we left the harbor, we know that this was a fine weather. But the explanation was given. It was the Lord behind the great wind. And then every man cried to his God. 
but nothing was happening. So they threw the cargo to lighten the ship. So while they were panicking, while they were scared, what was happening to our hero? He was <laughs> sleeping. So sometimes we are like that. We get so insensitive. When everybody is panicking because we are running away from God, we just don't care. But look at what happened. In verse 6, the captain himself approached Jonah and he rebuked him. How dare you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. So can you imagine somebody telling a Christian, why don't you pray to Jesus? <laughs> and then while the captain was challenging Jonah to pray to God, the people upstairs, they were saying, come, let's cast lots so that we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. This is abnormal. This is unusual. So they cast lots. And you know what happened? The lot fell on on Jonah. You know, there are times in our lives we want to hide, but you cannot hide. In Luke 8:17, nothing is hidden that will not become evident. Walang sikreto na hindi ma-expose. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Just last week, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, my wife and I were talking to one of our attendees in East Manila. So sabi niya, Pastor, nabisto ko yung anak ko. Nag-aalaga siya ng dalawang ahas sa ilalim ng kanyang higaan. So kala nung anak, hindi mabibisto. No? Ah, Pastor, I have a secret in my life nobody knows. Not even my parents, not even my siblings. Yeah, it's possible. But look at Hebrews 4 verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. We can fool people sometimes. We can even fool all people many times. But we can never fool God. He knows. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. So one day, God will hold us accountable like Jonah. So how will this running away be dealt with by God? So the sailor said to Jonah, tell us, on whose account has this calamity struck us? Ano bang trabaho mo? Saan ka nang galing? Saan bansa ka ba nang gumula? And what people are you from? So they became interested with him. Can you imagine? You know, you are running away. You don't want to talk about who you are. You don't want to talk about God. And now here people are asking you questions after questions. So sumagot si Jonah. Look at his answer. I am a Hebrew. So that is the most important thing in his life. His national identity. And second, 
I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Ikaw, if somebody will ask you, who are you? Where do you come from? What is your occupation? What will you tell people? The first thing that will come out of your mouth is what is most important to you. So pag sinabi mo na, ah, ako, manager ako ng bangko eh, it will only show that for you, the most important thing is your job in the bank. No? So for Jonah, what is most important to him was his nationality. He is a patriot. I'm a Hebrew. And let me interpret. That's why I'm running away from God because this God cares for people who are not Hebrews. God wants me to go to a people who are enemies of the Hebrews. And then second, I am a believer of the Lord God of heaven who made heaven and, who made heaven and the dry land. When the people heard what he said, especially the second part, the men became extremely frightened. How could you do this? So now the, the sailors were able to put things together that we are not supposed to be under this great storm, but here is a guy who is fighting against the God of the heaven, the sea, and the dry land. So in the next verse, we read, the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Wala nang magawa si Jonah eh. So inami na niya na tumatakbo siya mula sa Panginoon. So they said to him, Anong gagawin namin sa iyo? What will we do to you so that the sea may become calm for us? Because the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. And look at the response of Jonah. He said to them, Pick me up, throw me into the sea, then the sea will become come for you. For I know, I know, that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. So Jonah acknowledged his responsibility for what was happening. You know, sometimes we only acknowledge our responsibility when we are pushed on the corner. If you were the sailors, what would you do? Jonah told you, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Will you do it? Sinong sasabi na, yes, pastor, I will do it. Pakitaas ang kamay. Isa lang tumaas? Oh, tatlo na. Who will not do it? Ayun, may isa dun, oh. Eh, yung iba? Pastor, we don't know. Why is it important that we acknowledge our sins, our responsibilities, our accountability? Merong soap opera ngayon, ang title ay Mea Culpa, no? Ano ba siya yung Mea Culpa? Ah, sa TV, sa Channel 2, Mea Culpa, sinong Mea Sala? <laughs> 
Bakit tayo nakakaganito? Bakit ang bansa ganito? Bakit ang pamilya natin ganito? Walang naaamin. Kasi sa Pilipinas daw, may 11 commandments. Alam nyo ba yung pang 11 commandments? Ah, di ba 10 ang commandments? May pang 11. Pag nahuli ka, huwag kang aamin. Ayan. But what happens when we are not acknowledging our sins, our responsibility? David declared, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long, day and night, gabi, araw, 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 your hand was heavy upon me, my vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. When we make mistakes, when we did something wrong, and we are hiding it, we will be affected by it. Yes, no one knows. But our body, our mind, our strength will be affected. So what did David do? I, like Jonah, I acknowledge Kinilala ko ang aking kasalanan sa iyo. My iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And what happened? You forgave. You removed. You erased the guilt of my sin. When we do something wrong, we already think about the consequences, the shame. And because of the consequences and the shame, you don't want to be found out, so you, you hide. But the longer you hide, the more troubles there are. But when you acknowledge, when you confess, when you open it up to the Lord, you are giving the Lord the opportunity to correct it. In the New Testament, the Apostle John said, If we say we have no sin, ah, wala akong kinalaman dyan. Hindi ko alam yan. Sabi ni John, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. In verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, hindi ako nagkasala kahit noong pa. We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Alam niyo, may survey eh, sa bilangguan. Pag tinanong mo yung mga nakabilanggo, ba't ka nandito? Most of them will say they are there by mistake. No? Very few will admit, I'm here because I did something wrong. But look at the opposite. If, if we confess what God already knows, by the way, that's the meaning of the word confess, homologeo, same word that God already knows. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous to do two things. Two things. What's the number one? Forgive us our sins, And what's number two? 
cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God will not only forgive you, He will erase all things against you. Don't you like that? You know, many times you want to be forgiven, but then at the back of your mind, the guilt haunts you continuously. But if God is the one who will forgive, God will not only remove the offense, God will also cleanse you from all that will make you guilty. That's why if you will go back to Psalm 32, the opening statement is, how blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose sins are covered, in whom the Lord will not impute any iniquity. You know, when I understood this, you know, it gave me that freedom. Because many times you're scared. What if I face this person and this person point his finger against me and said, I know you, I was there with you when you did that thing, when you said that thing. It's kind of scary. But here the promise is, you will not only be forgiven, you will be cleansed from all unrighteousness. The result is as if you never sinned. So this happens when we acknowledge our responsibility, our sin. And praise God that Jonah acknowledged his responsibility. Second, look at what the men did in verse 13. When Jonah told them, pick me up and throw me into the water, what did they do? Did they pick him up? No. They would not want to do it. They would not want to, you know, uh, soil their hands with the blood of Jonah. So they tried to row. They were telling the people beneath, hey, keep on rowing. But the sea was becoming even stormier against them. You know, you cannot kick against the pricks. We cannot really, you know, go against God's will. So what did they do? When they were running out of energy, when what they were doing could not help them, look at verse 14. It's amazing. These are pagans. Jonah who was uh, going astray, said to them, I fear the Lord, the God who made the heaven and the earth. Look at verse 14. Then they called on the Lord. Wow. They called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not put innocent blood on us. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So kahit pala tayo nagwawala, kahit pala tayo tumataka sa Diyos, pwede pa rin tayong gamitin ng Diyos. Because of Jonah, these people called on the Lord. And they acknowledged the sovereignty of the Lord. You, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So what about Jonah? Did he call on the Lord? Buti pa yung mga pagan yan, nagpe-pray eh. Si Jonah hindi pa nagpe-pray eh. Nakakabagyo-bagyo na. Ano? Pero hindi pa rin sila, hindi pa rin nagpe-pray si Jonah. So sabi ni Jonah, tapon niyo ako sa tubig. So pagkatapos sila mag-pray, 
tinapunan nila si Jonah sa tubig. Tapos lumubog na si Jonah. At nung nasa kailaliman na siya ng tiyan ng isda, nagpray na siya. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people will not call on God until they reach the pit, the rock bottom. So Jonah prayed to whom? To the Lord, his God. Where? From the stomach of the fish. Hindi siya nagpe-pray doon sa barko. Hindi nagpe-pray siya doon sa dagat. Pero nung nasa loob na siya nung tiyanong isda, saka siya nag-pray. At look at ang prayer niya. I called out of my distress to the Lord. And He answered me. Yan ang amazing thing about God. No? I like to read the last part. Verse 4. Sabi dito, While I was fainting. Yan. Pero huwag ka namang umabot na naghihingalo ka muna bago ka mag-pray, ha? Kasi baka matuluyan ka bago ka makapag-pray. <laughs> Sabi dito, While I was fainting, I remember the Lord. Wow! I remember the Lord. And you know what happened? My prayer came to Him. Kaya nga sabi ni Cory Tenboom sa Hiding Place, There is no pit that is so deep that Christ is not deeper still. So kahit na ang lalim-lalim na nung kinasasadlakan mong problema, mas malalim pa rin ang Panginoon. So anong mahalaga pag tayo tumatakbo kay God? Well, let, let us acknowledge it that we are running away from Him. Number two, let's call upon Him. Kahit na hirap na hirap na tayo, tumawag tayo sa Panginoon. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Sabi ng scripture. And then third, what did they do? So they pick up Jonah and they threw him into the sea. And what happened? What happened? The sea stopped its raging. The sea stopped its raging. So pagka yung problema natin, eh gawa ng kasalanan natin at yung kasalanan natin, inihingi natin ng tawad sa Panginoon at pinatawad ng Panginoon, that storm in our lives will stop. But I like what happened next. Look at verse 16. These men who were pagans, these men who were sailors, feared the Lord greatly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord. And what did they do next? They, they made, ano yun? Kasi hindi na uso ngayon yan eh. Pero noon uso yan eh. They made vows. What do you think will be their vows? What do you think? Na hindi na sila magsisailor? I think their vow would be, from this day on, we will no longer call the name of any other God but the Lord. And what made them do that? There was a disobedient believer who told them about God. You know, many times, we are hesitant to share the gospel to others because we look at our lives and say, I am not qualified. 
There are so many things which are wrong in my life. How can I be a good testimony? Here is Jonah. A bad testimony. But God used him so that these sailors fear the Lord and turn to the Lord. Kasi ang issue naman, hindi kung sino tayo. Ang issue, kung sino yung Diyos natin. No? Pag ganun ang ating approach sa witnessing, witnessing will not be difficult. But if our focus is ourselves, then we will really be embarrassed to share the gospel. So what about Jonah? Will Jonah submit to God? What do you think? Will Jonah surrender to God? Will Jonah return back? So in John 1.17, after the Lord appointed a great wind, after the Lord you know, made the sea calm, we read in verse 17, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And he was there in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. And look at what Jonah did while he was inside. He said, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. What do you think did Jonah vow to the Lord? What do you think? I think he vowed, Lord, I'll not run away anymore. <laughs> so when he said that, when he declared to God that he, you know, he will pay his vow, look at what happened in verse 10. The Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up to up onto the dry ground. Well, the great fish can vomit you in the sea. But since God's purpose had been accomplished, then he went back to Nineveh. He went back to Nineveh. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Now the Lord came to Jonah the second time. You know, I praise God that God is God of the second time. That if we miss His purpose the first time, there can be a second opportunity to do it right. And look at the statement, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, proclaim to it the proclamation I am going to tell you. Will, jo will Jonah obey? Look at verse 3. So Jonah arose. He went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And he began to go through the cities they walk. How I wish I can preach this kind of sermon. Elder Toydich, one-liner sermon. No? Wouldn't it be great? Elder Dabs, you have a sermon, one-liner only. Parang hashtag lang eh. No? Ano sabi niya? In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Wow. Wow. Nineveh will be destroyed. So what happened? What happened to Nineveh? Amazing. 
the wicked people, the brutal people, believed in God. And they called the fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And the king even heard what was happening. So he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from, from him, covered himself with sackcloth as a sign of uh, repentance. He sat on ashes and he issued a proclamation and said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink. But both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. Let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. Mas mahaba pa yung respond kaysa dun sa sermon. Ngayon ang hahaba ng sermon ay hindi nagre-respond ng tao. <laughs> So what happened? When God saw their deeds, hindi sinabi, when God saw their intentions, when God saw their plans, no, 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 no. When God saw their deeds, and what was their deed? They turned, they turned from their wicked way. God relented. God withdrew the calamity which he declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. He did not do it. You know, sometimes theologies that are formulated by people box God in. So it's no longer God who is in control. It's the theologians who are in control. And the theologians are saying, God is immutable. God cannot change. God will never change. So we make God like us with limitations. But here, God relented. We have American friends here. What do you mean by relent in your language? Relent. Huh? Forgive, what else? God relented concerning the calamity. God? Ah? Ayaw natin eh, kasi we're afraid that we will be mocking God. God changed His mind! Oh! Oh! God changed His mind! No, it's not God who changed his mind. The people of Nineveh changed their minds. Remember 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14? If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I shall hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and cleanse their land. So it's still part of God's will that no one perish. And how will people not perish when they hear the gospel? But many times, we as Christians, we select our people. We already misjudge people. I will not witness to that person because that person is too bad. That person is too stubborn. Who are you to judge? Your goal is not to judge. My goal is not to judge. 
our goal is to share them the good news, regardless of who they are. The physician came not for those who are well, but for those who are sick. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. But many times, we in the churches do not go to the lost because it's dangerous, because we don't like them. They may hurt us, they may reject us. So we only go to nice people around us. Many times we are like Jonah. We have misjudged people already that they deserve to go to hell. But look at what happened. One-liner. Yet in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people were scared. The people turned to God. The people repented. The people were mourning, fasting. And as a result of that, God did not bring them the calamity He intended. So many people are hurting nowadays. So many people's lives and families get broken nowadays. What are we doing? When a man in El Paso, Texas, shoot 20 people just like that, why will he do that? Sometimes we are already so attuned with disasters that another disaster do not move us. Can you imagine Jonah? It's okay for him if that one city with 120,000 children get destroyed. He doesn't care. But in Jonah chapter 4, God cared. God was concerned. And God said to Jonah, you care about the plant that you did not plant? Which was eaten by the worm? And you do not care for these people? And even for their animals? When we are not sharing the gospel, that's what we are doing. We don't care. We are more concerned about whether we will be rejected or not. Whether we will be put to shame or not. So we decide not to share the gospel. But those people will perish. Those people will go to hell. But pastor, if God has already predestined them to go to hell, then they will go to hell. But you don't know that. Oh, I pray that, you know, we will not be too comfortable in our faith that we are not able to share that faith to another person. I told my wife while there was a storm two days ago, I will visit a couple because I saw those, that couple here about three times. And the only reason why I will meet with them is I want to be sure that while attending Breadcom, they understood the gospel. So I met them in Quezon City Sports. So when I ask about you know, their faith, the woman has been born again many, many years ago. The guy is not. So I shared the gospel. And right there in that restaurant, the guy accepted the Lord Jesus. Unless we go out and share to the people about 
Jesus, they'll end up destroyed. Because we have an enemy who is working actively. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He is so active, his demons are active, but many times Christians are so relaxed, watching Netflix and whatever soap operas there are. It's not bad to watch Netflix, it's not bad to watch soap opera, but if we use them to run away from our calling as witnesses of the gospel, we are doing God a disservice. A reluctant, disobedient prophet used by God to bring sailors to faith, to bring a whole city to faith. And he was disobedient. In fact, he was not only disobedient, if you read chapter 4, he was very angry. So sabi ni God sa kanya, bakit ka magalit na galit? Sabi ni John kay God, sino hindi magagalit sa ginawa mo? Pinapunta mo ako dito para sabihin sa kanila, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Tapos hanggang ngayon, hindi pa sila destroy. So nagmumukmuk si Joshua doon sa labas ng city. And he was waiting that maybe God will change again his mind and destroy the city. So he was waiting there. And then while waiting, it's so hot, God was so compassionate, he, he caused the plant to grow up on his head and he was so happy. And then the next day, there was a worm that grew up and has eaten the plant. And again, Jonah was angry. Can you imagine God using a disobedient angry person to lead the whole city, Nineveh, to repentance. So he can use you. He can use me. Now, why, why, why are we studying the book of Jonah? Jesus said in Matthew 12, 41, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Behold, something, someone greater than Jonah is here. Can you imagine the whole city? They responded to the preaching of this angry, disobedient prophet. But in their midst was someone who was perfect, someone who was powerful, someone who was consistent. So Jesus said to them, the people of Nineveh will condemn you at the judgment day. That someone who is greater consistently submitted to God unlike Jonah. Even in the midst of a distressing situation that someone greater than Jonah said, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Why do we have the story of Jonah? Jesus said, Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, because of his disobedience. 
So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth because of his perfect obedience. If you are running away from God, if you are hiding something from God, there is somebody who took the consequences. He went down and down and down for you and for me. If you cannot submit to God, he submitted himself to God completely for you and for me. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made Christ who never sinned. Wala siyang ginawang mali, kahit isa. But God made him who never sinned to be sin, to be an offering for our sin, so that you and I can be made right with God. You know, when we read the Bible stories and say, wow, ang galing naman ni Daniel, wow, ang galing ni David, wow, ang galing ni Jonah, their stories are pointing to this greater one who did something for us so that we can be made right. In Hebrews 5.8, although he was a son, he was not just a prophet, he was not just an Israeli, he was the very son of God. He learned obedience. Because we cannot obey God, he obeyed God for us. And as a result, he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Jesus is saying, if the people of Nineveh were spared because of Jonah, then all of us, after the coming of Jesus, has a better reason why we should be spared. Because it was not just Jonah who was sent to us. For God so loved the world, He gave, He sent His only begotten Son. So that when we put our faith in Him, we will not perish, but have everlasting life. That generation of Jonah did not perish during the lifetime of Jonah. So after the lifetime of Jonah, after that generation, a new generation emerged in Assyria, in Nineveh, and they were wicked again. They were brut brutal again. So in 612 B.C., God raised up the Babylonians and the Persians and destroyed Assyria, Nineveh, to the ground. So these wicked people were given opportunity to amend their ways. And they did amend their ways in the time of Jonah. But after that, they went back. So God sent the Babylonians and destroyed them in less than 40 years, in 612 BC. So God has spared us 
those of us who are here and praise God. But what about our children? What about the next generation? God forbid that your sons and your daughters will get married to somebody of the same sex when they have grown up. That they will do things that are anti-Christians. So while we have opportunity in our generation, let's not run away from God. Let's continue to serve the Lord. Let's continue to be light and salt for the Lord so that our children and the next generation can still experience the joy, the peace we are enjoying. I said this to you before. When I went to Turkey the last time, April, Turkey is, was the bastion of Christianity in the time of Constantine. They became the center of the empire, Christian empire, which we call the Byzantine. They put up churches, so many of them, Hagia Sophia and many others. You will find in Turkey the seven churches that are found in Revelation. But today, today, while I speak, 99%, 99.3% of Turkey is Muslim. Hagia Sophia is no longer a church. It has become a museum. Before it became a mosque, now it is a museum. Do you like that to see happen in the Philippines? We need to continue our role as light and soul. Regardless of whether we feel we are perfect or not, no one is perfect, by the way. So despite our weaknesses, let us share the gospel to others. Point them to Christ. So that there will be continuing light and salt witness in our country. Let's pray. Our God, thank you for this short story that we learned today. Lord, if there is anyone here who is running away from you, if there is anyone here who is angry at you, Lord, would you gently open our hearts and eyes and like Jonah, Bring us back to yourself. Lord, do not allow us to just let our country, our families be affected by the growing darkness in our society. Lord, there is a growing prevalence of killing, corruption, gender confusion, unfaithfulness in marriages and growing poverty despite seeming prosperity. O oh God, have mercy upon our country. And Lord, thank you for the encouraging lessons we learned from Jonah 
that though he was hesitant, though he was angry, though he was disobedient, yet Lord, by his confessions, you used him to lead the sailors to yourself. You used him to lead the Ninevites to yourself. So Lord, here we are in Breadcomb, Quezon City. Use us, Lord, to lead our neighbors, to lead our relatives and friends, to lead our classmates, to lead our office mates to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Lord, rekindle in our hearts the passion for the lost. Lord, help us bleed. Help us feel their pains. Help us feel their loneliness. And do not allow us, Lord, to be at peace, knowing that there are many people around us who are hurting terribly. Oh God, use our church. Use our leaders, Lord. Use our pastors. So that, Lord, when you come back again, we will not be ashamed. We will be excited to bring before you, Lord Jesus, those whom you will be with for eternity. Lord, forgive us for our past mistakes and shortcomings. And today, in behalf of the leaders and members of Redcom QC, Lord, grant us opportunities to boldly proclaim once again that there is hope in Jesus. And that in Jesus, lives will change, families will change. And even our country will change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.